Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. And hopefully today's been special. We wanted to celebrate our moms and uh, just thank you for all that you do. You are oftentimes the unsung heroes of our communities and our culture. We are just so, so thankful for you. Thankful for mom. I want to say a special happy Mother's Day to my mama. Um, she's watching by live stream this morning. She don't want to come to church anymore. Um, no, I'm kidding. She has flu A. And, uh, and so we're grateful she's not in church this morning. Um, she got flu a couple days ago. And mom, I know you're watching live stream, your favorite son here. I just want to say, I love you and happy Mother's Day to you. We miss you. And to my mother-in-law, who's such a wonderful, wonderful mother-in-law, my, my wife, who mothers my four kids, stays at home with them, homeschools them. Unbelievable. Just the superheroes that are moms all across this room. We want to wish you guys a very happy Mother's Day. Now, what's important for me is, is I love going to social media at times and, and seeing all the funny things that are said about mom. And so I thought we'd open up today's time by just looking at some funny memes. And I got these all approved by my wife. And so they're, they're safe for all viewing audiences today. But, but I love these funny memes, these funny sayings about mom. So let's go through a couple of those. Celebrate mom today. You can't read this, but I'm going to read it to you. Says, being a mom means kids banging on the bathroom door like a SWAT team, asking for a drink while you're in the shower, and dad's in the kitchen, right? Like moms, you can relate to that, right? I love that. The quickest way for a mom to get her kids' attention is to sit down and look comfortable, right? Man, every time, it's like, man, fresh meat. And my kids will sense that, and they will ask her to do something. It's unbelievable. My nickname is mom, but my full name is mom, 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 mom. Mom, mom, mom. Listen, this is unbelievable. I'll, I'll go home after work, and, and my, my wife's in there, and the four kids, are, they're, they're all, we just say hi and all that good stuff, and then they need something from mom, and literally, within two seconds, they can shoot off 60 moms. It's unbelievable. They can cry it out, and my wife has that unbelievable, uncanny ability to not hear the first 59 ones, right? She can ignore it, but I'm sitting there going, for the love of God, Aaron, answer the kid, you know? And it's like she just hears, it's unbelievable. Okay, uh, I love this. My kids call it yelling when I raise my voice. I call it motivational speaking for the selective listener, right? And so we don't have any yellers in here. Uh, mom, as a noun, a woman who loves you unconditionally, a momster is what happens to mom after she counts the three, right? A little something crazy goes on there. It gets a little scary after that. That's true. This is my favorite. Things magically appear when mom looks for them. This is the testimony of our everyday. And that's just not, that's my wife. I mean, this morning, hey, babe, where are my keys? They're on the counter. An hour later, I'm going, Aaron, my keys are not on the counter. They're nowhere to be found. Somebody broke in our house. He stole my stinking keys. And then she walks to the counter, picks them up. Happens with my kids' shoes in there. It's unbelievable, the gifts that you moms have. And we just want to, man, today we want to do this. We want to make much of Jesus by celebrating the gift that is mom. Romans chapter 13, verse seven, reminds us to do this, to give honor where honor is due. And today we give such honor. And surely honor is due to the superheroes of this planet, those who have the title mom. Now, before we start celebrating mom, I wanna just take a moment and kind of, and just talk about maybe for some, the elephant in the room. And, and that is, for many of us, we can celebrate Mother's Day, but, but for some of you, your heart's really heavy today. Um, maybe, maybe mom's not around anymore. Uh, maybe you, you lost her. 
maybe the truth is is that uh, you didn't know your mom or didn't have a, a good relationship with your mom. Or maybe, maybe you're in the situation where you want nothing more than to be a mom, but miscarriages or infertility or, or things the doctors say just don't make that happen. And so today is kind of that mixed bag of emotions where you just, you hurt a little bit as you celebrate. And so as a church today, I'm gonna let you know what our prayer is. As we do as Romans teaches us, we, we, we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. And just to let you know, for those of you who might be hurting today, you're not lost in this. You're not forgotten. And we know your hurt is real. I just thought maybe I could start off. I'd just love to pray for you and with you this morning. Is that okay? Let's do that together. So Father, I wanna lift up to those in the room who just, uh, today's a little bit harder than some days. Father, they've, uh, they've experienced some hurt, maybe Maybe they've lost their mom or buried their mom, Father. They didn't know her or maybe for those who who can't be a mom right now because of adoption issues or infertility issues. Father, all of those things could feed into a day and just be a little hurtful. And and Father, I just pray. I pray a couple of things for those who are missing mom today. I, I pray, God, that through your spirit you would fill their hearts and their minds with wonderful memories of mom and that they'd be able to celebrate and laugh today. God, I pray for those who are hurting. That God, that you would just minister to their hearts and their minds. And and Father, I pray that you would just help us to never lose hope, even in the midst of our hurt. That God, that you are at work. And that God, that you can. And so Father, we celebrate you today as we honor mom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take your Bibles, if you would, this morning. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. As you head there, I want to set this up to you. Paul is writing uh, to Timothy. In a sense, Timothy is a protege in the ministry. But even more than that, we find, as Paul writes in Scripture, we find that Paul and Timothy have a, a special relationship, really a father and son relationship in ministry. And catch what the Bible says here. Let's read this together. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, I, Paul, and Apostle, Apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And I love this title, the Apostle. Remember, anytime somebody's designated as an apostle, it's because they have, they've seen Jesus. They have physically laid their eyes on him, had a conversation with him. And we know that Paul had this on the Damascus Road in Acts chapter 9. He said, I mean, listen, I know this guy. I've seen him. I've talked with him by the very will of God in keeping with the promise of life that's in Christ Jesus. Can I make a real quick note? Man, I want to thank all moms in here. You've chosen life. You've chosen to bring in a child into the world, and we celebrate that today. It's a reminder, I think, of when Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 25, that I am the resurrection, and he says, I am the life in John 10, 10, where he reminds us that he has come to give us life and life to the full. And it says, in keeping with the promise of life that's in Christ Jesus. Hey, can I just remind you that there is life in Jesus not just for today and not just for tomorrow, but forever. There is life and life to the full in Jesus. And Paul reminds us of that here in this passage. He goes on and says this to Timothy, my dear son. Now, Paul and Timothy don't share DNA. They're not relatives. 
But there is an extra special relationship here that we find between Paul and Timothy, and that is a father and son in ministry, a father and son in hope, a father and son in the work of the gospel, a unique relationship here. And he starts off as he does other letters, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now here's where it starts getting really good. He says, I thank God who I served as my ancestors did. What's cool here is Paul is now kind of drawing on his ancestry as a Jewish boy and now as a Jewish man. And he's drawing on the very faith that was established in him by those who went before him. And he does this because soon he's going to be celebrating Timothy's heritage of faith. And he says, I do this with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I love that phrase, recalling your tears. You see, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says this, Timothy, I want you to stay here in Ephesus. I'm going to head out to Macedonia and do the work that God's called me to do there. And what you begin to see is, is that myself and others believe that the very tears of Timothy talked about here are, are the very ones that he shed when he realized, man, man Paul's got to head out for a while. My, my, my dad in a sense, is he's heading out for a season to do ministry. And you just tell, man, that unique and that important relationship uh, between Paul and Timothy. It says, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Now, some of you moms are like, all right, this is Mother's Day. Why are we talking Paul and Timothy, right? Dad and son, let's get on to moms. Well, here's where it gets really cool. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Paul says, which first lived, listen to those words, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Now let me paint this picture. We have Paul writing, author of most of the New Testament, incredible hero of the faith, church planner, this biblical author, and he begins to highlight this young man by the name of Timothy who has impacted his heart, his life, and his ministry. This Timothy guy must be a pretty special guy, must be a pretty incredible young man, and it didn't just happen that he became that way. And we find even here in Scripture that he just didn't happen that way that a lot of work went into Timothy. And we find the very heroes of his story. Now, we gotta celebrate this, we gotta recognize this. The true hero of Timothy's story is Jesus Christ, the one who died on a cross for his sins, who rose again three days later, who is alive and well and at work in Timothy's heart and life. But hear me, God used Timmy's mom, Eunice, his grandmother, Lois, in an incredible way to make an incredible difference in his life. And so you know what old Eunice is right here? What we find here in scripture, she's a living legend. Why? Because she is mom. And here's how she's known in scripture. Now listen, if you're here and you go, Anthony, I'm not a mom, I'm not a mom myself, right? I, I'm a man, I'm a dad, I'm many things, I'm just not a mom. What, what does the Mother's Day message have to do with us? You ready? Every single one of us can learn a lot about loving Jesus and loving people by looking to good and godly moms. And so this message is a challenge to all of us. Here's the first thing we note about her from scripture, Eunice, Timmy's mom, you ready? I mean, she loved Jesus. She, she was known for her love for Jesus. Look at verse five. I'm reminded, Paul says to Timothy, of your sincere faith. I love that word sincere in the Greek. It means authentic. It means real. There's no pretense. There's no fakeness about it. It wasn't a forced faith. He wasn't faking it. Yet it was foundational faith in Timothy's life. And here's what we know about his mom in the few short words in scriptures we read about her. That her faith was foundational in her life. Hey, hey mom. 
Hey, Dad, real quick, just a quick reminder here. The best chance your child has to love Jesus comes from you, not the church. Don't you hear me? The greatest ministry that takes place in the life of Connect Church isn't what's going on Sunday morning where a couple of hundred plus of you guys up here and probably a hundred kids downstairs. The greatest ministry, the greatest chance for our kids to know Jesus comes from you and not from the church. And we see that played out here in Eunice's life. And he says this, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And watch what he says, and I am persuaded. That word means this, I am convinced, meaning this, I have experienced and I have seen that your faith is more than just lip service, Timothy, that your faith is lived out in your life in the good times and the bad, when things are going easy, when life is hard. Man, I'm convinced that your faith is authentic because I've seen it in action but it was first lived out in your mom and your grandmother. Now, hey, hey mamas, can I throw out a caveat here real quick? And, and all the mamas in the house, I want you to, to take note of this. You ready? Eunice was a good mama, but she wasn't perfect. Scripture doesn't share the time that she yelled at Timothy when she just had too much. She, they, scripture doesn't tell us that the mom fell when she left Timothy at school, right, and forgot to pick him up. Scripture doesn't tell us at the time that she grounded him and then later on, oops, realized he was telling the truth, right? Today is not about painting a picture of a perfect mother. There's no such thing as a perfect mom. But hear me, Eunice was a perfect mom for Timothy. Did she have faults? Yes. Did she have mom fails? Absolutely. Was she perfect? No but she was just the mom that Timothy needed in his life, that God had called her to be in his life. Just like you, mom, are the perfect mom, the called mom in the life of your children, no matter their age. I also want to mention what today's not either. Today's not a comparison game. Today's not a comparison game where you look on Facebook or Instagram and you find that perfect mom who has 36 children the age of three and they're all out on a foreign mission field preaching the gospel, perfectly mannered, perfectly dressed, perfect in every way, right? What we project. It's not a, it's not a comparison game. Nobody ever wins in the comparison game of life. Today, is about celebrating the difference Jesus can and has made in mom's life and the precious gift she is from him. And I think, go back to old Eunice right here, Timmy's mom, and here's what we began to see. Think of this, she made the book. Talk about a living legend. Eunice, Timothy's mom, she made the book, the bestseller in all of history, and she gets special recognition and special mention. But I also want you to think of this. Without Jesus, her name would have been lost to the pages of history. But Jesus made all the difference in her life, in her parenting, and in her boy's life. 
Eunice loved Jesus. Eunice's mom loved Jesus. In verse five, it was a faith that was lived out in his mom and his grandmother. We're not talking about a religion lived out. We're talking about a relationship that was alive in Jesus Christ. We're not talking about just showing up at church. We are talking about an everyday showing off Jesus in her everyday life. We aren't talking about a faith that was dormant, dead, or dying. Rather, a faith that was alive and active and absolutely amazing. How many guys have yet to see the Avengers movie? who's not seen it yet. You guys look so embarrassed that you've not seen it, and you probably should be. Here's the deal. It's a great movie, I'm not gonna spoil it, but once again, Thor looks great, okay? I mean, best he's ever looked. Here's the deal. Every one of my favorite superheroes were in this last movie. Every one of them. Just loved it. But you know what? When you leave the movie theaters, you realize that the real heroes, the real heroes of this life. The Avengers have nothing on mom. Real superheroes of our, of our day and our culture. I ran across this story a mom wrote about. She said this, my 12 year old daughter asked me, mom, do you have a baby picture of yourself? I need it for a school project. And the mom wrote, I, I gave her without thinking to ask what the project was. And mom says a few days later, I, I was with her in the classroom for a parent-teacher meeting and I noticed my face pinned to a mural the students had created. The title of their project was this, The Oldest Thing in My House. <laughs> the oldest thing in my house and she made it, right? Gosh, I love what kids can get away with. Think of this. Moms are not legends because they're old. Mom are legends because of their love their selflessness, and their hard work. But Eunice, the living legend of 2 Timothy chapter one is thus, is just that. She is a living legend because she loved Jesus. And hear me, church, better yet, because Jesus loved her. Because Jesus loved her. Mom, I wanna say this special note. You're loved by him. Think of it. He loves you for you. Not what you can do for him. Not because you're perfect, because he's perfect. And his love for you is perfect. And you know what's amazing about that is that that's how he loves all of us. Isn't that how mom loves us? Isn't that just a wonderful reflection of God's love for every single one of us? Not only did Eunice love Jesus, but she loved her boy, she loved her son. I love this, this is our first introduction here in scripture in Acts chapter 16 of Eunice. Though we don't know her name, we're introduced to Timothy and his mom. And catch this description, it says, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy, hey by the way, you know what Timothy's name means? One who fears God. A couple weeks ago we talked about Humpty Dumpty and the mom fell there of naming him, right? So Eunice did a really good mom win here and she gave him a good name, one who fears God. It says this, whose mother was, a, was Jewish and a believer. This is a unique title. So her heritage was she was Jewish and yet she was a believer in Jesus Christ. But, now watch this about the dad, but whose father was a Greek. In a sense, what scripture's describing for us is we have a mom who's Jewish in her heritage and has become a believer in Jesus Christ and we have a dad who's a Greek, which this type of language lends us to think that he's not really a believer at all. 
And so this is an interesting dynamic in the home. And I want to make a, a mention here. Uh, she was Jewish and a believer. Uh, some of my, my dear friends, some people I've had a chance to come in contact with your life. It's amazing what God is doing in the life of Jewish people. And if you ever meet a Jewish person who in their heritage is Jewish and yet has come to faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you find somebody who's excited about their faith, who is evangelistic of their heart, and who can absolutely shape and change the world. Man, I just love my times with Jewish brothers and sisters who are in Christ, but he's got a mom who's, who's living it up, and we got a dad who's, who has no faith at all. And as we read this, here's what we begin to see, that the language here even in 2 Timothy points to maybe a reality for Timothy that his daddy's not even really on the scene anywhere, that his dad probably has died by the time 2 Timothy is written. There's the hint towards that in Scripture. And we begin to see that this probably weighed on Timothy's heart a whole lot. In fact, it's what would make his mama's faith, Eunice's faith, so important and foundational for Timothy that she loved Jesus. It also explains perhaps why Paul and Timothy had such a special relationship, right? Paul would come into Timothy's life and he would kind of fill that role as a dad in Timothy's life. And here's the deal for many of you guys, there's a lady who stepped up in your life and she filled the role as mom in your life when she didn't have to do that. But what we find here from Acts chapter 16 verse one to 2 Timothy 1 verse five is that Eunice's faith was vital to Timothy's love for Jesus. And man, good old Eunice, mom, she realized this, that much more was caught than taught in the way she raised her son. As a Jewish believer, Eunice would have known and she would have practiced the very command of God in Deuteronomy chapter six. Check this out. So not only would she practice the Shema, that's in a sense to love God with everything of her Jewish faith, which she would have carried over very much in her Christian faith as Jesus did in the giving of the greatest commandment, but now she would have lived and put into practice this incredibly rich Jewish heritage parenting model set forth by God. God's speaking here and he says this, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, God says. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. And he goes on and says, and when you lie down and when you rise, you, know, you shall bind them as signs on your hands and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You know what's amazing is? is that Eunice would have put this into practice, that faith was not something you just talked about, that her faith was something that she lived out. And as you notice in Deuteronomy chapter six, the extent, the extremes of life, when you lie down, when you wake up, when you walk, when you sit down, saying no matter the measure of the day, no matter the measure of their life, faith is not something we do, faith is that which we are. And faith is meant to be lived out. And as a faithful Jew, and now as a Christ follower, Eunice did her best to live out this passage in her everyday life with Timothy. And you know what? She did. I want to make this observation too. No amount of parenting or mothering, no amount of any of it, can completely override or eradicate a child's sin nature. Listen, the best parenting in all the world and all of our children have this sin nature warring with them. Even the best of moms, the godliest of moms, will have children that rebel and that struggle with sin, but moms are uniquely equipped 
to love even in long suffering, to live out their faith even when their children rebel, to pray and to trust the Lord when all else seems lost. And thankfully for Eunice, she was allowed to see in the life of Timothy the fruit of her investment of Jesus in his life. Here was her investment. Say, what did she really invest in Jesus? Here it was, you ready? 2 Timothy chapter three, starting in verse 14. I love this. But as for you, he's talking to Paul, Paul's talking to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and what you've become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. He again is drawing on the fact that Timothy was raised in a home that invested Jesus. And watch this. He goes on and says this, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so what we have here is we have a dad who's a non-believer who's no longer on the scene and yet we have a single mom from the time that he was a baby who was investing Jesus through the very word of God in Timothy's life and it was bearing much fruit by this time in his life. She invested the word and she invested intentionally in training Timothy. We got uh, Bruce Pearls here today um, of the Auburn basketball team. Had an incredible season, a friend of the family. And what I'm always amazed about for sports teams is how much training takes place. I mean, coach, compared to what's being played on a game field, you have, you have tons of hours of training. And that's really where games are won, right? When you train, that's where games are won. How active, how effective you are in training. And the truth is, is the same is true about parenting. And we find from Eunice, in the few verses we know about her, that she invested in the training of Timothy and his faith. Look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse six says. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Her Jewish heritage would have told her that one of the greatest investments she could do is to train her child in the way she should go, he should go. And that way was towards Jesus. Now, hear me church, it was important that Timothy got good grades, right? but education wasn't everything. It was important that Timothy played well on the ball court, but she knew that wasn't the most important thing. Like all of us with our kids, we want our kids to do well in what they are doing, but here's the difference in Eunice's life. She knew the most important thing for Timothy was his faith in Jesus, and she, she trained him to look to, to love, and to live for Jesus. You know how she trained him? Because she looked to, she loved, and she lived for Jesus. There was so much more that is caught than is even taught, and we find that from her. Now, now, Mama, again, we have just a handful of scriptures that describe her life. Don't walk away looking at Eunice going, man, she was the perfect mom, because I bet you if she could stand here today, she would celebrate her flaws. She would tell you, how ridiculous it is that we even talk about her on a day like today, as moms typically do. But here's the deal. I want to remind you, moms, that you will die trying to be perfect and to keep up with all the fake news of perfect moms on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. But here's my challenge as we look at Eunice's life and what really makes all the difference. Keep pursuing Jesus and loving your kids. That's what moms do best. Invest Jesus into your children. And by the way, don't stop when they get older. I'm 37 years old. My mama's watching TV right now on the couch. Got flu, 
And you know what? I still need to know that Jesus works in the life of my mama. And I'm her pastor. I still need to know that Jesus works in her life. Because if he will in hers, he will in mine. Invest in your kids. And here's the last thing we note about these living legends as moms. Not only they love Jesus and they love their kids, but Eunice lived her life to make much of Jesus in her everyday messy life. Every day, in the everyday messiness of life, she made much of Jesus. I think Eunice, she changed his diapers. She bandaged his wounds. She held him as he cried. She comforted him with his first heartbreak. She's been on the receiving end of his tantrums, and so on and so on, and thus the messy life of mom. But now, talk about a proud mom moment. Man, don't you, hey mamas, don't you just love those moments where your kids make you, just make you proud? Uh, let's see at 3D, JP, guys, when I was watching my, my little girls, I, I got two girls that do some dancing things with, with them. I feel like I have an inner dancer somewhere underneath all of this. I'm ready for the 37-year-old chubby man team. I'm at your place, but we'll work on that. Um, i never forget watching Avery um, dance, and she did a ballet thing. And, man, I'm sitting back there crying my eyes out. I mean, just... I was just so proud of her. My little Chloe getting up there, and I just love those proud moments. And mommy, you have those proud moments. I think of Eunice's life, and I think this has to be one of the proudest moments of her life. Listen to what old Paul says about her boy Timothy in Philippians chapter two. As he's writing the church of Philippi, he says this, man, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. Listen, I have no one else like him, who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Again, that word sincerity and genuine are interchangeable in the Greek language. Now watch this. For everyone looks out after their own interests, but not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I'm gonna tell you something. For Eunice, when they received this letter and she saw this, my guess is she, she cut it out and put it on her refrigerator for a proud mom moment. That God was at work in the life of her son, and God was using her son. Now, let me, let me kind of warden off a little bit here. So if my kid's not in ministry, I have failed. <laughs> now, you're probably even more successful. Here's why. The goal here is not child, children working in ministry. Rather, it's a child worshiping Jesus with their lives. The goal here is not working in a church. Guys, we miss this so often. Rather, working for the Lord no matter where their gifts and their chosen profession lies. This is a mom win for Eunice. So moms, let me challenge you in this. Let your greatest joy be found here in 3 John 1, 4. It says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. May this be the chief end of all motherhood. Listen, we want them to do good in education. We want them to do good in life. But man, if I can hear that my kids are walking in the truth, man, that is the greatest joy of my life. And hey, this is not just for mom, this is for dads. This is for future moms and dads. These are for friends. That there's no greater joy than to hear that people are walking in the truth and making much of Jesus in the everyday messiness of life. And let's just say you're here and your child doesn't love him yet. Your child's still living in rebellion against him. Let your greatest joy and hope lead you to pray and to never lose sight of the hope that we have for them in Jesus. Hey, can I, can I share this story with you as we close? 
Um, In his book, Moments for Mothers, Robert Strand talked about a certain family, a mom and a dad and a daughter. This daughter went through a phase in her life of great rebellion. And she finally rejected her parents. She wanted nothing to do with them, their values, their faith. She was out on her own to enjoy life without restraint, but soon became enslaved to her liberated choices. Now, the story goes that years of misery followed. She lived on the streets. She sold herself for pennies, and she only survived due to the help of of rescue missions. It's the only way she lived. Because of her self-imposed detachment from her family, she didn't know that her daddy had died or that her mom never quit looking for her. She just assumed she had. One day, while she was at a local rescue mission, in town, she looked there on the wall and there was a picture of her mother. And it stopped her in her tracks and as she looked, she saw these words scrawled across that picture. I love you still, come home. The mother went and put pictures up at every homeless shelter, every rescue mission she could with the words, I love you still, come home. In wonder and disbelief, this daughter left for home again. And she traveled and she traveled. And when she finally got there, she stepped in on her, on her family porch. And there was the door. And she was nervous. She was excited. She was dreading it. She was anticipating it and all the emotions of such a moment. But as she went to knock on the door, her countenance changed. What was all this nervous energy translated into great concern because when she went to knock on the door, the door was unlocked and it opened. Her mom didn't live in too great of a neighborhood. And so the daughter feared that something terribly wrong had happened to her mother. So she ran inside the home. She ran into her mother's bedroom and it was just as it always was. And there laid her mom and she jumped on the bed and she grabbed her mom in hopes that her mom was okay. And her mom woke up And to her great joy, the daughter she had long waited for was there and she wrapped her arms around her and they cried and they hugged each other and they held on tight. Well, the young daughter said, Mama, I didn't. I was terrified. I knocked on the door. It was open. It wasn't locked. And her mom looked at her and here's what she said. She says, sweetheart, from the day that you left, I have never locked the door. I've always been waiting for you to come back home. Isn't that a mom for you? Isn't that what good and godly moms do? They love Jesus. They love their kids even in long suffering. And they make much of Jesus in their everyday messy lives. You know what what the love of a good and godly mom does? Doesn't it remind you of his love for us? And how far you've gone from him, no matter how great your rebellion, no matter how dark your sin, no matter how grievous our treason against him, it is a reminder that of his great love for us, as Zach read about in Ephesians, that in a sense never locks the door, but he always stands willing as the door of salvation to open up and to let us come in. We see that in 
the love of a mom by the name of Eunice. We see that of this mother in this story. Many of us have seen that in the lives of our mother. And you know what? It's only a reflection of his great love for us. And so, boys, you ready? Here's my challenge to you, men. Love like mom. Because most of them love like Jesus. Learn from mom that we love him. That we love those that are the most important to us in our lives. And that we make much of him in the everyday messiness of life. And hey, hey mamas, can I give you this parting challenge? Keep fighting the good fight. Stop the comparison game because mom, hear me. No one compares to you. Stop the comparison game. You're doing great. And thank you, mom, for all that you do. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.